Thanks for joining us for the Connect Podcast. I'm Cole Phillips, the lead pastor of the Connection Church, and every week we're going to look into the Bible to find out how God's Word connects to our everyday lives. It's going to be life-changing. The Connect Podcast is produced every week for your growth and inspiration. You can find all the show notes at makingtheconnection.org. You can also find the podcast on your favorite podcasting service, Follow me on Twitter at Cole Phillips and on Facebook and Instagram. You'll find all the links in the show notes. Now, let's get into the study. Hey friends, it is so great to have you with me today, with us today together. I see Autumn, I see Glenn, Jenna, Kay. We're going to get into this today. We What we do every week here is we get into God's Word so that we can get God's Word into our life, so we can get it into the world around us. We are walking through the book of Acts, basically verse by verse, passage by passage, uh, line by line. And uh, this is where we find strength and this is where we find truth. This is where we find direction for our life. And so if you have your Bible, if you're not driving or you're not working and you can just get out your Bible, do that. Get something to write with. Take some notes. Um, This is This is going to be good stuff today because now is the time for courage. We live in dangerous, dark days, and it looks like things are getting more treacherous, more difficult as we move forward. And there are a lot of forces out there that are standing up in direct opposition to Christ and to his people and his church, and we even see persecution on the rise. I'm going to share with you a story uh, from... That happened on April 1st uh, last week. This happened in Nigeria. Uh, Fulani herdsmen, according to the, the news article, Fulani herdsmen killed at least seven Christians in Banu State, Nigeria, bringing the total to more than 60 villagers, 60 Christians who were killed in the last month. Assailants killed a Christian in an attack on a worship meeting Saturday night in Logo County. Um, after at least six Christians in Appa County were killed earlier in the day. One resident named Edward Lucky said this in a text message, Christian villages in the area are under attack. Many Christians have been displaced to abandon their farms. There's been no government intervention in order to stem these attacks. And uh, this says Milani Muslim herdsmen have launched an attack on Christians who are worshiping at a Pentecostal church in the Logo area, but uh, it's interesting where it says that the the government is not stepping up and they're not stepping in. Uh, They say these killings occur on a daily basis. In fact, Nigeria led the world in Christians killed for their faith in 2022 with 5,014 Christians who were killed. Uh, 4,726 Christians sexually assaulted, harassed, uh, abducted. This is happening around the world where there is religious persecution and violations of Christians' rights that are being done without uh, any government action. And 
And I'm, I'm sad to say that this is also the attitude of our authorities here in the United States. When we see Christians targeted and killed, there is a direct intentional uh, effort on the part of our government to sweep it under the rug. They don't talk about it. In fact, Christians are the only group of people who can be openly targeted today. And this is only going to increase as we move forward. I'm sorry this started on such a downer note. We're going to get positive here pretty quick. Okay, We recognize that persecution is on the rise, but we have the opportunity and we're in need of courage like never before to stand up for Christ and to speak up for the truth and for what God says. So let's talk about courage. Uh, Vocabulary.com website says this, someone with courage is bold and brave, unafraid to face tough challenges. Unlike the cowardly lion who went all the way to the Emerald City to see if the wizard had any courage to spare. Okay, so that's uh, having courage means this, acting when others are afraid of the danger or simply acting without fear of failure or maybe better said acting in spite of your fear of failure john mccain the senator said courage is like a muscle the more we exercise it the stronger it gets i sometimes worry that our collective courage is growing weaker from disuse we don't demand it from our leaders And our leaders don't demand it from us. The courage deficit is both our problem and our fault. And as a result, too many leaders in the public and private sectors lack the courage necessary to honor their obligations to others and to uphold the essential values of leadership. Billy Graham said this, Courage is contagious. When a brave man takes a stand, the spines of others are stiffened. General George Patton said this one, courage is fear that has said its prayers. And one more quote from actor John Wayne. He said, courage is being scared to death and saddling up anyway. And it seems like every time we turn around, we hear another piece of news that tells us that things are not right here in America or around the world. And the question is, what can people of faith do? What can Christians do? How can we turn this around before it's too late, if it's not too late already? How do we prepare ourselves, our families, our churches, and our communities for what we are experiencing and what is out there in the distance, not too far distance, and is drawing nearer? We know this. Jesus said... We will face persecution as Christians. Jesus suffered persecution. The early church had persecution, and we today still are facing it. It is inevitable. What does it look like? It might look like abuse. It might look like anger. It might look like um, mocking in your face, gossip, cursing you to your face, um, isolation, may look like violence, including beating and even death. Where does it happen? It may happen out shopping, may happen at home, in the community, at work, at school, or even our churches now are being targeted. But listen, 
we don't need to be delivered from persecution as much as we need victory over it. We need a strong conviction that we are called for a purpose, that we have a mission, and we are standing so strong that no matter what we may face, we are immovable. And this is what we see in the book of Acts in chapter 4. Remember that Peter and John, they had just been arrested. They were told to keep quiet about Jesus. They could have been, um, they could have been imprisoned. They could have been even killed, but they were let go. And they immediately, in Acts chapter 4, verse 23, they immediately go back to their people, the, the church. So Peter and John, they were let go from being captive, and they were unscathed, unharmed. Verse 23 says this, On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people, and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. Let's unpack it, okay? As soon as they were let go, where did they go? Into hiding? Into retreat? No, they went back to the church. What do we learn? Don't isolate yourself from God's people. When you are going through problems and trouble, that's when you need God's people in your life. That's when you know Who's, who is committed with you? Who has your back? <clears throat> and the church, they were probably already in the process of praying for them. They were already meeting together, praying for Peter and John. So Peter and John told them what happened. And we, like Peter and John, we need people we can be totally transparent and honest with and, um, and unified with through prayer. When we pray together, that unifies us like nothing else. And Peter and John noticed they weren't depressed, defeated, or discouraged. They weren't trembling with fear when they went back to their the church. They're not telling the church, um, warning, warning, you know, the, the go hide in a hidey hole somewhere and keep quiet and retreat. Instead, you know, they had been imprisoned and tried by the Supreme Court of the land. They were threatened and they were warned but they were not defeated and they would not keep quiet. They also weren't prideful. You know, they had been unjustly accused and arrested and they had been put under pressure for serving and standing up for Christ. But God used them <clears throat> in that moment to, to speak truth and to share Jesus and salvation with the highest power in the land, the highest rulers in the land. But they still weren't putting themselves up on a pedestal above everybody else. They wanted to encourage the church. They wanted to build up the church and warn them that, yes, persecution is coming. It's on the way. And they were totally transparent. They told them everything. They shared all that the court had um, told them, the way they were questioned, the way they were threatened, the way they were warned. And they shared how Persecution is going to come if you continue to preach Jesus. But they said God came to our rescue. Listen, you got to notice, they didn't even think about staying silent in this moment. That wasn't even on the table because Jesus had told them to take the gospel to the whole world. That wasn't up for debate. We as believers, as we read in Mark 16, 15, are told to go into all the world and preach the gospel 
to every creature, every person. But what they did was they prayed with confidence. Their prayer was a prayer of overcoming and victory, and they prayed in unity. They prayed in one voice. And that is uh, something that is unifying. It's unifying uh, for God's people to have one mind and one spirit. And they focused and they concentrated on what was being prayed. They weren't thinking about other things. They weren't thinking about what they were having for dinner or what was their shopping list. They weren't half-heartedly praying. Some of them praying, some of them thinking about other things. They all zeroed in on God and His love and His protection and His provision. That's the kind of group prayers that God answers in powerful ways. As we see in Matthew 18, 19, Jesus said, Again, again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done by them, by, for them by my Father in heaven. So Jesus says, certainly he hears you when you pray individually, but there's power when we come together and we agree as believers in prayer. And then second, we see that courage, when it comes to courage, courage, where do we get it? From a deep conviction of God's power. So it says, when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God, sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Think about everything for just a moment. That's beyond our understanding. It's beyond our comprehension. Think of the galaxies and the universe. Think about how incredible God's power must be and no power, no authority, no government ruler on earth even comes close to God's immense power. And we know this, and this gives us incredible courage, incredible courage. And they address him as God, as sovereign Lord. It's like saying, God who's in control, God who's in control. It's repetitive, sovereign Lord. He's the God who answers to no one else. There's no one higher. There's no greater power. There's no one greater than the Lord. When you know that, it fills you with confidence and with courage. He says, um, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. That encompasses, involves everything, everywhere, from the smallest, from the microscopic that we can't see to the the vastness of the universe and the cosmos and space. And yet, this powerful God is also the one who loves you and watches over you and protects those who serve him. He's the one who holds back the tide of the evil of lost and, and cruel people in the world who abuse others and who persecute people. Let's look at something else we find about courage as we move on to verse 25. Courage reminds them, reminded them and us that the evil plans of the world will fail and God's plan will prevail. Did you hear that? Let me say it again. Courage reminds us that the evil schemes of the world will fail, but God's plan will prevail. Verse 25, you spoke by the Holy Spirit, through the mouth of your servant, our father David. I love this. 
powerful. Check it out. He says, he's quoting a psalm. We're going to look in this Psalm 2, verses 1 and 2. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up together and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. Verse 28, they did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. They thought they were acting on their own. But God had already, already planned this from the start. And this is a picture of the world and the powers of the world snarling and stomping their feet and lashing out against God's plans. They posture and they plan to rule. They plan to defeat the Lord and defeat his church, but they are destined to fail. And I believe somewhere deep down they know it. That's why they're so angry. That's why uh, they, they're, they're lashing out because they are no match for God's power. God's plan, his control, and the fact that he's already working out everything in history for good, for the good of his people, and for God's glory. And he had already proven it on the cross. He showed it. He, he, he was vindicated on the cross. And when he rose again, as we just celebrated... He had already fulfilled this prophecy. Okay, so so what do we see here in in, um, this psalm? We see first, people are going to continue to oppose God. Governments do it. Individuals do it. And David said, and now I'm reading instead of from, from Acts, but from Psalm 2, why did the nations conspire and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed. We are seeing the forces of power in our world do this today through the United Nations, through the idea of a one world government, a one world power, one world economy and digital currency. All of these signs are pointing the same way. And the lost world rages and focuses on all the wrong things and kings and powers conspire together against Jesus Christ and against his kingdom and his church. And the one thing they can't stand, the reason they can't stand us is because we stand on the truth of God's word. And so they call us hateful, but truth sounds like hate to people who hate the truth. And so they rage. But we see that God planned and overcame the opposition of people that this prophecy was fulfilled in the death of Jesus. They stood against God's anointed one. They stood against Jesus Christ. They plotted against him. They killed him. But God overruled that verdict and raised him from the dead. And, And God took the events that they meant for evil. If they had had their way, if they could have stopped God and and they could have stopped salvation, they could have stopped Uh, God's people, make no mistake about it, they would have done it. But God used their sinister plot and turned it on its head and worked it all out for good. And his purpose to save the planet is still marching forward. God knows everything and he has all power. And so he's able to work everything for good. And this prophecy today is being fulfilled in our lives as well in the church, because the world around us is still raging. 
It still has its sights set on vain things that don't matter and still stands together against God and against Jesus and his people, against his church, but they will not prevail. In fact, the Bible says even the powers of hell, the gates of hell, will not prevail. God's will and his purpose today is still moving forward, and he overcomes and overrules all the cruelty and the hatred and the persecution of evil people. He makes sure that the message of salvation in all of its glory isn't stopped. The word of God is unhindered today. He makes sure that his word is still spread and shared to save everyone who will believe, who will turn to him. Another thing about courage we see in verse 29, that courage enables us and empowers us to boldly live out God's mission. Look at verse 29. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. They knew their mission. That was to boldly speak the word of God. Listen, they didn't pray that the evil people would be wiped out. They didn't pray for the persecution to stop. They didn't pray that God would sort of give a little pause, a little vacation from the mission until things sort of calmed down and were safer. Instead, they prayed for more boldness. They prayed for more courage to tell people about Jesus no matter how much abuse was uh, threatened against them. They asked to be fearless and to be courageous. They asked for God to remove their fear. They asked for great boldness. In fact, they said, at the, the first word in verse 29 is that little word, now. Now, not later. Now is the time for boldness, not someday. The church desperately needed its fear removed. And it wanted a strong courage to get on with the mission, which is the business of sharing the good news of Jesus. And they said, um, Lord, consider, consider, focus in on, uh, concentrate on the persecution to deal with it and to overcome the enemy and, you know, to allow whatever persecution was necessary in order for the message to spread, but no more than is necessary. We're not saying, God, please bring us persecution. You know, we want there to be a, a limit to, to that. You got to think about the level of the threat that they faced and, and ask, they asked God, we pray that there's no more persecution than is needed to bring you glory, God, and to, to help us come through it. And, and notice it's going through it. It's not, uh, it's not going around it. It's not working around it. Um, and they wanted to use it, even the persecution, to point people to God's glory and his power. And when they call themselves servants, enable your servants, they were saying they have an obligation to the Lord to live out his mission. Uh, that's the great commission and to reach the lost, even though it meant more persecution. 2 Timothy 1.8 says, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, this is Paul, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. 
And uh, when we choose to step up, we know that that's going to bring with it a certain level of persecution. And as I said, increasing as we move forward. But when the heat is on, that's the moment not to step back, not to compromise. That's the moment to obey. In fact, the biggest enemy we face isn't on the outside, but it's on the inside. It's our own fear to compromise the gospel or to compromise the truth. And we cannot and we must not. They also prayed for the power to heal and to do miracles um, so that they could back up the claims of Jesus. And notice that it wasn't so they, they could show their own power. It wasn't to make them famous or to make them rich. It was to make Jesus known. And so that's the purpose of the miracles that they would do. But look at the results. Look at what happened when they prayed for God to fill them with more courage. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God boldly. After they prayed, they prayed first, and then we see the results. First, that whole place was shaken. There was a whole lot of shaking going on in that place. And that shaking was a miracle from God to say, I'm hearing your prayer. I'm in control of everything, even the physical world around you, just like they prayed in verse 24. But then also notice they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, they had previously been filled with the Holy Spirit, and this shows that uh, they needed a fresh experience with the Spirit of God, a fresh uh, encounter with God, and filling with the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit, isn't just a one-time event. Yes, you receive all the Spirit you're going to receive when, you, uh, when you're saved, you're sealed with the guarantee of the Holy Spirit, but you've got to continually be being filled with the Spirit of God, as I like to say, from head to toe to overflow, because we leak. We leak. And so we need to continually, daily, open ourselves up and allow God to fill our lives. And then they spoke the Word of God boldly. They got that boldness that they were asking for. And they went out and they, to they told everyone. They spoke it. They didn't keep it to themselves. Even though they were warned, keep quiet, don't tell anybody about Jesus, they couldn't keep quiet. They had to tell people about the difference Jesus can make and what he did on the cross for them. They didn't share it quietly. They didn't share it embarrassedly, as you know, being embarrassed. They spoke up. And listen, if you want courage in your life, get into God's word. You'll see example after example of people who lived courageously. We see David, the shepherd boy, going up against Goliath. We see Esther influencing a king. We see courageous men and women of God, and that inspires us to live courageously as well. I wonder what area of your life you need more courage. What place in your life, in your family, in your work, in your school, where is it that you need Maybe it's online, you know, that you need more courage. You can pray that God's Spirit would fill you and guide you and strengthen you, give you boldness to display courage 
for Jesus, and you can trust him to um, live courageously in every area of your life. And I want to challenge you to do that. I want to challenge us to be courageous men and women of God who are unafraid and unashamed to speak out and to share the truth and the name of Jesus and all that encompasses with the truth of God's word. We don't have to apologize for believing God's word. God's word is completely true. God's word stands and will prevail. God's purpose will prevail. And so just as we close, I want to ask you, what is it that you think is holding you back from being completely sold out for Jesus and being completely sold out to the word of God and what God's word says at this important moment, this pivotal moment in history, we need courageous Christians like never before. And so I'm going to pray for you that you would have strength and you would have courage to uh, face whatever challenges you're facing and whatever the world throws at you. All right, so let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, like those early Christians prayed. God, fill us with boldness. Fill us with courage and confidence. Give us effect, make us effective for sharing your truth today. And even though the world will thrash out and lash out, God, we're going to stand on your truth. We're going to trust in your power and your provision, your protection for us. God, today, thank you. And uh, we can't wait to see what you're going to do through us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you have a blessed week. And I look forward to seeing you really soon. Thank you for joining us for this week's Connect podcast. If you liked what you heard, then be sure to like, share, comment, subscribe, rate. We want to spread this good word to everybody we can who needs to hear this message. I hope you have a great week, and I look forward to you joining us next week for the Connect podcast. Connect.